1: I don't think a paper like the one we have today was even remotely possible um, four years ago. And our readers stuck with us through it. And now we're delivering them a product uh, that they can be, uh, I think, proud of uh, every morning, whether it's on their doorstep digitally, in their e-paper or on the web.
0: Hi, everybody. I'm Fran Spielman. With us today is a great editor, and reporter, but an even finer person, Chris Fusco, soon to be former executive editor of the Chicago Sun-Times. Chris, thanks so much for joining us.
1: Fran, thank you so much for the introduction. Uh, it's 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 great to be here with you. And uh, I don't know if anybody else on the way out the door in Chicago politics would want to be subject to a grilling from the great Fran Spielman. But uh, in journalism, it's an honor. So let's uh, let's give it a whirl.
0: I have to admit, Chris, that I've had an old feeling I don't like very much since your surprise announcement last week. It's called abandonment uh. Why are you leaving the greatest news town in the planet and a staff that loves and respects you this much? What greener pastures could you possibly have found
1: well you know it's 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 uh, th- that that question is uh is troubling. And, and, you know, when I hear it, when I hear you phrase it that way, it's like, why, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? It's been a, a 20 year run for me at the Chicago sun times. It's been a, a four year term in management, uh, since, uh, Jim Kirk, uh, elevated me to managing editor. And I I feel like we've made a ton of progress here and, and put the paper, uh, bath back on a path, uh, to success. Um, you know, an opportunity arose in California, um, uh, Lookout local, uh, the new venture I'm headed to is uh, is run by uh, Ken Doctor, who, it, while not a household name uh, to Chicagoans, is sort of a household name in journalism. Uh, Ken uh, spent uh, uh, the better portion of the of, of the past uh, several years as a, as a prominent media critic, uh, covering everything in the journalism industry, uh, from uh, from the potential merger of of the Tribune and the Sun Times years ago, that that uh, to all of our uh, good fortunes, uh, both as Chicagoans and journalists, never happened. Uh, to you know, what's driving trends in digital subscriptions at the New York Times, to the Gannett Gatehouse merger of of you know huge chains uh, of newspapers coming together, uh, the pros and cons of that. And of course, he's uh, also uh, an author of a book called Newsonomics uh, that sort of talked about the effect of uh, things on the industry several years back when digital was sort of uh, taking root. So the opportunity to go out and and work with Ken was a a huge part of this. Um, The opportunity to uh, live in a different part of the country, uh, to build a, a staff from the ground up. Uh, to set up a newsroom in a place that I don't know well at all, Santa Cruz, California, and uh, work alongside uh, a really smart group of people and consultants. Uh, it's, it's very attractive to me at, at, at this stage in my career. Um, I, I think uh, some folks know my wife, Lori, uh, was the uh, travel editor at the Chicago Tribune. The pandemic drastically changed her job and, and her equation in life. And so we just started talking about it and, and we're at a point where we're young enough, where where we can take on a new adventure and hopefully uh, smart enough to make it work.
0: Does any of this have Anything to do with you closing in on the big 5-0, your 50th birthday? <laughs> I think it's now about a year away, right? It's
1: uh, it's going to be 48 in November. And believe oh, okay. me. Okay, two years away. Yeah, friend, but friends have, have run the midlife crisis uh, scenario by me. Uh, Lori, for uh, all of her uh, uh, youthful exuberance, and anybody would say she looks a lot younger than me. She's actually crossed that 5 mark. So You know, yeah. Does it have a little bit to do with it? Probably, but but this is such a cool um, opportunity to do something that really has journalism roots, builds upon all the great work that we've done here together at the Sun Times to bring it back and make it, uh, in my opinion, the most viable news brand in Chicago, and take all that and then build on it, and then hopefully, you know, be able to take that to different markets. And 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 also share lessons with with the Sun Times and other you know uh, great regional uh, newspaper brands, which frankly are under attack on on any number of fronts. Um, be it the economic factors uh, of the coronavirus, the pandemic, uh, be it uh, the transition from from uh, from print to digital. We are you know brands like the Sun Times, the Tribune, the Daily Herald um, outside of outside of the market. You look at papers like the Toledo Blade. You look at, uh, you know, St. Petersburg, Florida. Uh, all of those papers. We've we've all been dealing with this sort of transition to digital, and how do we manage it? And I'm proud to say, at the Sun Times, we still have a print product. You know, 365 days a year, seven days a week. Uh, a lot of markets can't say that. And uh, it's it's important to the fabric of our community, but it's also important to the fabric of transitioning the business where we know it's all headed. And um, we know uh, that, that uh, Fran, uh, your children, my, my child, uh, you know, they're not going to be reading the paper. It's, it's, it's a reality. If they are reading it, it's because it's a premium product. And uh, we need to figure out how to keep journalism viable uh, for the next generation.
0: So what makes you think that Ken Doctor has figured this out with this new venture in California?
1: Well, what I like about what Ken has done is is he's, and it's sort of what made us, I think, click um, right off the bat, is we've watched a lot of mistakes. Um, I've watched a lot of mistakes made here in, in 20 years at the Sun-Times. He's watched them all happen nationally. Um, Lookout is going to be set up as a public benefit corp. So while it is still technically a for-profit, there are things written into the bylaws that make it um, act more like a not-for-profit. That's enabled Ken, given his sort of star power within the industry, to attract uh, lots of grant funding uh, and, and sort of build what I think is a digital subscriber model that will allow us to charge a fair price for our journalism. And it's something that is something that we haven't quite been able to replicate yet at the regional newspaper, uh, level papers like the Sun-Times and the Tribune. So the expertise that Ken doesn't have, he's went out and gotten from, uh, some, some, some blue chip consultants. Uh, one of the folks that was sort of helping Ken on the editorial side, get things sent up is a woman named, uh, Elizabeth Osder, who, uh, who had experience setting up the New York Times digital operation back in the 1990s. So in my sort of transition process here between SunTimes and Lookout Local, I've already gotten to learn a lot from, I think, some of the brightest minds uh, in the business. And uh, those are lessons that will stick with me uh, regardless of how it all works out.
0: Our industry was facing strong headwinds long before the pandemic shut down the economy, reduced advertising, and forced so very much hardship. And now we've had two rounds of looting in Chicago to make matters worse. Does any of that play into your decision?
1: No, that doesn't play into my decision. In fact, I mean, it It, it makes Chicago, I think, uh, again, an even more robust news town than, than it was uh, pre-pandemic and pre-civil unrest um the challenge for chicago and chicago is to support local journalism in a way that it that it allows uh the sun times to continue to broaden the staff to cover the wider variety of topics that are out there and need to be covered um Ken and I clicked on grant funding. Um, Ken, Ken has obtained millions in grant funding for for Lookout as as seed money, in, in addition to some money from, from uh, private investors. Uh, one of the things that I'm most proud of in my tenure at the Sun-Times is we secured grant funding from the Chicago Community Trust to support uh, Brett Chase covering the environmental beat and uh, Elvia Malagon coming over from the Tribune to cover social justice and income inequity. Uh, how important are those beats now that we've seen climate change taking shape across the country, and civil unrest, and uh, and and the factors that have led to it, uh, sparking, uh, you know, sparking what we've seen with with police treatment of of African American men. To the ability of 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 uh, Latino and uh, Black families to be able to cope with the pandemic, how important are those beats? Without without grant funding, we don't have them. Uh, without reader support, we don't we don't have them. So the key the key for Chicago and I think the challenge for Chicagoans and suburbanites is they're they're going to have to step up and and support us. Um, whether it's and it doesn't have to be through through print. It can be through digital. And, um, you know, we, at the Sun-Times, we charge a very, very affordable rate for our digital. And um, they need to get behind us because if, if that, if those dollars aren't there and, and the foundations don't additionally step up to help, um, it, it, it's just going to be, it doesn't bode well for our city.
0: You're the son of two teachers. You grew up in Southwest Suburban AlsoP. You graduated from Marist High School in Illinois Wesleyan. How did you get into journalism?
1: Uh, I went to college. I thought I was going to be a lawyer. Majored in English and Poli Sci, and um, you know there was just you know one of the things a, a humanities professor uh, told me at Wesleyan was she would read my essays and say you know Chris you you you're unique. You think about things differently, and uh, your writing's different, and you write really well and uh that led me to uh you know a relationship with a professor at Illinois Wesleyan named Jim Plath who had done some journalism we didn't have a journalism major at Wesleyan but you know basically he said hey you ought to give the the college paper uh, a try uh i did uh in a in a strange uh a strange uh, coincidence uh the first uh the first story i ever did for the Illinois Wesleyan argus Uh, quoted a guy named Joel Carlson, uh, who was the student Senate president at the time. And it was about uh, Illinois Wesleyan getting its first ATM machine. So that'll help date me, date both (laughs) Joel and me. Well, Joel went on to leave uh, 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 his role as an accounting major. Joel was going to be an accountant. He ended up getting a a copy editing job in the Quad Cities. And uh, fast forward a couple decades and Joel's the uh, night news editor at the Sun-Times, and I'm the executive editor, and uh, he was my first quote ever in a, in a printed uh, printed story.
0: During your 20 years at the Sun-Times, you've covered some extraordinary stories, particularly during your distinguished career as an investigative reporter teaming up with the great Tim Novak, the David Kochman case. Because of your reporting and Tim's, Mayor Daly's nephew was held accountable and went to jail for 60 days for throwing the punch that killed David Kochman that night. So very long ago on rush street, uh, and work in tandem allegedly with the police to cover it up. What stands out about that? What gave you and Tim, the courage to take that on?
1: You know, the, t- Tim Novak is, is just a special, uh, reporter and, and a special human being. And, um, uh, I know, I know he, he can, his, his, his outward personality can be very guarded. Um, but, but inside there, there's, there's a lot of heart. And, and I, I think he tried for years before uh, I was in that watchdog's office to really uh, approach uh, David's mother, Nancy Kashman in a way that was respectful and just sort of tried on and off over the years. I, I mean, part of the, the Kashman story that really, Still resonates to me with this to this day is is how uh, Nancy's emergence to come out of her shell and share her story with Tim and me and Carol Marine was a big part of that too um, to sort of get her to open up and talk about it. That's what really opened the floodgates for us to do do that investigation and, and, and in Nancy's terms uh, get a little justice for David was her quote. And you know, on the same side, you know, we were we were well aware of of the pain that this caused uh, the Daily Family, and I, I know I know some may scoff at that and and think, oh, well, you're just you know, you you investigative reporters, you were out to you know dish dish dirt on the Dailies, and and um, believe me, you know, we understand that there were a lot of mistakes made that night when uh, when David Kashman was punched and, and died a couple weeks later. But but, it you know, the way it all went down and the way that no one was held accountable was was incensing. And is is there fault there on the Daly family side? For, for sure. Is there fault on the Chicago Police Department side? Absolutely. But the ultimate fault lies with, I think, the system uh, of of sort of government in Chicago that enabled this to get swept under the rug so quickly. And, and frankly the same factors that have contributed to to david Koshman's case going unsolved all those years have contributed to the civil unrest that you're seeing uh across the country um you know police departments uh somehow gain license to uh basically make their own rules and and not and sort of rise above the law and you know the same factors that led to that David, you know, David's crime being unsolved allowed, lead to lead to police misconduct. And one of the things that Tim and I did in the wake of the koshman story was also sort of do a series called Tarnished Badges, in which we went in and documented other cases where police were given a pass, in some cases unfairly. Um, one, one story involved, uh, uh, I believe, a, a Latino officer and a white officer both being uh, arrested and charged uh, with crimes in bar fights in which they got into bar fights, the Latino officer, uh, got fired. Uh, the white officer got a slap on, on the wrist. So there's even inequities within the department that 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 is, that we've sort of exposed over the years.
0: Tim says the two of you read Dan Webb's report on the David Kochman case at Tim's house in the middle of the night.
1: With Tim's two dogs, um, sitting at, sitting at our feet. Yes. We, we, the report we, we, we were fortunate enough to obtain a copy of the report, and uh, we spent all night at in Tim's basement and uh, just combing through it. Uh, I remember coming, uh, driving back uh, downtown to my condo, and uh, taking a quick shower, and then running into the office to uh, to hit the button on the story as soon as we could. Uh, we could go with it. That was a crazy night. Another another great another great memory, albeit an exhausting one.
0: You had an editor who backed you to the hilt in Don Hayner, and that's the kind of editor you have been for all of us.
1: I, I think Don, yeah, Don Don sort of embodies the Sun Times. Um he's he's everything you want in an editor. He's he's a mentor uh for me. Um and frankly, Fran, I I'm lucky it's it's you know, Don Don obviously, uh first and foremost. But I've had a lot of great mentors here. Um, I, I've learned a lot a lot from you. I, I've learned a lot from Tim. I've learned a lot from Bob Hurgis, Steve Warmber. You know, that that was, and frankly, that was a challenge for me going into management was all these people that I worked so closely with and developed such close relationships with, now I need to be their boss, you know. And, and it's it's something, frankly, that was really uncomfortable for me. But I felt like because we, you know, and I sort of tried to put this in my goodbye letter, because we all all trusted each other um, we got through it. And, and I think people, you know, the, the beauty of, of, I think being in my job is, is a lot of times we're all looking in situations and we get angry. This is a business where we get mad at each other. And, and, and Fran, you and I have had our moments and, and, you know, I've had them with, with just about everybody here where we disagree on things. But at the end of the day, what, what, what I've seen in this place is, is the good it can do and it's not always getting to that good isn't always pretty, right? The stories aren't rainbows and unicorns; they're they're waste and fraud. And and but you know what? We got to bring that stuff to light. And and everybody at the end of the day works together and and, and pulls in the right direction. So those challenges Father, have turned into assets. Father,
0: Father Smith at Meriville. That mm-hmm. story. What can you tell us about that?
1: Uh, Tim and I, uh, that was Tim and I's first collaboration. It was back when I was a suburban reporter and, and Maryville was an institution. And and I, frankly, I I don't know. It's, it's even frankly on the minds of younger Chicagoans, but it's certainly on the minds of Chicagoans of, of my generation and older. Um, That was Tim and I's first collaboration. And, and, you know, Father Smith was considered a living saint in town. He had founded Maryville Academy, which was getting tens of millions of dollars a year in government funding to treat kids. And when we filed a FOIA with the displays Police Department, we saw basically that the cops were were out there on average two or three times a day. There were horrific sex crimes that were happening out at Maryville. Uh, basically, Father Smith had lost control. He did not know that he did not like that that information had gotten released to that to us. And it was a little bit Koshman like. It was Koshman preview. Tim and I spent um, you know basically two years doing dozens of stories that, despite. Uh, folks uh, calling the paper and accusing us of being anti-Catholic, even though we both were Catholic, um, you know, saying we were trying to take down the church, uh, ultimately led to a major reshuffling um, of the money that was going to Maryville, Maryville sort of all but closing and reinventing itself, and those, those hundreds of millions of dollars at the end of the day when, when all is said and done um, going to places that could hopefully serve kids better. Um, of course, the story with child welfare never ends, right? Because then it just keeps going, and then you keep finding other areas where where the most vulnerable kids get get hurt. But Maryville was definitely a, a, another cornerstone story of my career, and and of course, Tim had a had everything to do with that.
0: And kind of a mini preview of the scandal in the Catholic Church. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. And it's weird how we see that. You know, sometimes what we do on a local level. Is a uh, foreshadowing of what's to come on a national level. And it's, it's kind of crazy that way, but that's definitely a story where that played out.
0: Your uncle Joe ran breweries for Al Capone. <laughs> I understand that when you were doing this story about longtime Rosemont Village president Don Stevens and you introduced yourself to him. He knew about that history. Tell us what he said to you that day. Yeah,
1: so Uncle Joe is actually maybe more like Cousin Joe. I, I I'm not sure, but uh, Grandma Fusco used to say Uncle Joe. He was in the mob, you know, but he never killed nobody. So whatever. I I took. But he was he was in a couple books, and and so. Uh, but yeah, no. When Don, when I walked in and met met Don Stevens uh, uh, early on, he he put his arm around me and uh, said Fusco. And he's like, you have a very powerful name. And I said, all right, that's great, mayor. Tell me about the casino.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I tried to compromise you a little bit, huh?
1: Yeah. Yeah. But in a way that, uh, only, only in in, in a way that only Stevens could, it, it was funny. Stevens spent, um, probably, uh, it took me a year, uh, to get Stevens to call me back and then, once um i had sort of broken the ice with him uh he 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 would call i remember him calling me on uh, christmas once cuz he thought i was going to do a story that sort of really uh took him out and the story wasn't favorable to him by any stretch of the imagination but um he called me to thank me on christmas for being uh for being fair to him so
0: Wow. You donated a kidney to your best friend, who very sadly did not make it even after your extraordinary sacrifice. And you wrote about that in a very poignant story. Some people would never have even considered making a sacrifice like that, and yet you thought nothing of it. Why?
1: That was really early on. Uh, I had just gotten hired at the Sun Times when Marks and it's it's it, uh, not to it's, it's a liver. Uh, it was a liver donation. Um, uh, Sorry, no, that's okay. That's okay. A lot of people, a lot of people get the liver and the kidney confused. It's all an internal organ at the end of the day, um, and it really doesn't matter. It's the spirit behind it, and uh, you know, for for me, this was uh, you know my first uh, career at the Sun Times. I actually had to talk about it with Don uh, in advance of getting hired here. Cause I knew that was going to be uh, a possibility. Uh, when, when my friends and I learned of, uh, Mark's diagnosis, um, that's, that was two decades ago. Um, it, it's, you know, it, it was, that was an emotional time and I'm very grateful to the Sun Times, um, for letting me, uh, move forward with that. Uh, for me, it was a no brainer. I was raised an only child and, uh, Mark Muha who, uh, who was the recipient of the organ, um, was like a brother to me, as were a lot of the uh, folks I grew up with in AllSIP. And um, we're still all close to this day. Um, they're pretty shocked I'm uh, moving out to California and leaving Chicago. But um, that story, uh, again, Paul Saltzman was my editor on it. He ended up being um, my immediate editor on a lot of our investigative things that allowed, allowed me to forge a relationship with Paul and um, ultimately, though, though Mark died, um, that series uh, did a lot to raise awareness about organ donation, about the risks of uh, living liver transplants, which have since sort of been overhauled since we did them. And um, I think it really helped me see um, the the community of people at the Sun Times who I was I was going to be uh, working with, be nurtured by, and and teach me some lessons about. You know how to nurture them years down the road in the in the role I'm I'm leaving now, but it
0: says so much about you as a person.
1: Yeah, but I don't want I don't want to overplay that, Fran. You know, I I think there was a community of people around Mark who all stepped forward and uh, were willing to do it, and that speaks of him as a person. And uh, mine was the number that was punched, and um, it didn't work out. It it hasn't had any lasting effects on my health um i'd do it all over again as would all of the people that were that were in the pen there and um those stories are special because it it's it connects me to to my friends it connects me to my family to mark's family but it also connects me to uh to the sun times which allowed me to make the donation and uh more importantly uh allowed me to write about it and share that story and and do some real good, which is what our business is all about.
0: And you went on to run and finish three marathons, including Boston. So no health real ramifications at all.
1: No health ramifications. This job has taken a little toll on, uh, on my running. I'm the second sometimes editor to like running. Jim Kirk ran a little faster than I did. He was running a four, four minute mile in high school. I, while in my high school career I was swatting and missing tennis balls badly, but, uh, yeah, no, it's it's been it, it hasn't had lasting health effects, and it, it's it's a lesson of of how you can you can make a sacrifice like that and come out of it. Uh, frankly, probably a healthier individual and uh, and a better person.
0: You went into management first as managing editor under Jim Kirk, and then as his replacement, and when former Alderman Ed Eisendrath put together an ownership group that purchased the Sun-Times, you ended up clashing with him and ultimately won a power struggle with him. That took guts too.
1: <laughs> well, I'll, I'll say this about about that whole situation, Fran, and I know the newsroom has a lot of inside knowledge that, that the public probably doesn't, but when you look back on that if it, you know, and I know people have negative things to say about Michael Farrow too, right? And his ownership of the paper. But I, I've talked about this with Tim and others. And, and the bottom line is: if Michael Farrow doesn't believe in the Sun Times and doesn't invest in it, and Edwin Eisendrath doesn't believe in the Sun Times and doesn't invest in it, and find the group of people around him really to come in and invest in it, um, we're not here. And and I've never lost sight of that uh, with Edwin. Um, I mean, clearly we had our moments in the newsroom where, where, you know, he was bounding around and he had a lot of energy and, and, uh, a lot of ideas and, you know, it, it's, it's water under the bridge. The, the bottom line is, is that we're, we're here because of Edwin Eisendrath. We're here because of Michael Farrow. While we don't like all the decisions that, that might've been made, um, we as a newsroom, uh, uh, move forward and, and did what we did to put us in a position where we can be uh, existing today on a much uh, robust uh, journalistic level than we were when uh, Michael Farrell bought the paper and, as an, and when Eisendrath led the, led the movement to, uh, to take it over.
0: After the civil unrest about George Floyd and Jacob Blake and Breonna Taylor, you lured Mary Mitchell out of retirement. Why did you do that?
1: You know, this was largely uh, a collaboration between Nakia Wright, uh, my CEO, my boss, and, and me to really say, we are in a position as a society in both America and Chicago in which Mary's voice is really needed now more than ever. I don't know that anybody has a voice like Mary, and especially a voice that speaks to Chicagoans, uh, regardless of race. So for us, this was a no-brainer. I think we, we saw, and, and again, you, you learn in, in your time as a manager, you know, I think George Floyd has, has opened, while well, we had our own version of it in Laquan McDonald, it just kept happening and happening and happening and happening. And George Floyd was that, that tipping point, right? But what it did is, is, it, is it exploited shortcomings in our society, but also in our newsroom, and, and Mary is somebody who, who can be a healer on both fronts. She knows everybody in town uh, and she knows everybody in this newsroom. And I've learned, you, you want to talk about mentors, I've learned a ton from Mary Mitchell. Um, I, I've learned a ton from everybody in, in the meetings that we've had to talk about, you know, ways to make our, our newsroom more diverse, equitable, and inclusive. And, um you know Mary Mary being back has been a huge positive uh for our staff um uh, regardless of the, of the color of your skin or your age um she, and she's going to do great work for us here as uh as as the paper and and the city and the country move through what's going to be a pretty contentious time uh after November 3rd.
0: I know that you and Lori will be listening to this on your way driving out to California. What will you miss most about Chicago and about the Sun-Times?
1: Well, I think the Sun-Times it's, you know, and I flipped through the paper today, Fran, and, and you know, in my, in, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm down to my short timer status here. Um, I'm out the door on Friday and it, you know, I was in the news meeting yesterday and it, in not maybe playing as, as hands on a role uh, as I normally would last night. But I just flipped through the paper and and what I'm so proud of is that we've we've taken all of our strengths, we've made them stronger, and we've 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 gotten uh, more diversity of content, right? I mean, I look at you know, we've got Alice and Victoria on the front page, which is sort of an entertainment news story. You know, the line story by Tom Shuba continues, uh, continues a long storyline that Tim Novak has set for us. I mean, uh, it's sort of the days of our lives of the pot business, all the political connections that are, that are coming to bear. And it shows the interconnectivity of, of, uh, of uh, Bridget Degnan's uh, you know consulting role to her husband Mark Degnan, who runs the uh, financial operation for the film studio that Tim and I wrote about that's been in, at the center of, of, of Chicago's Clout Circle. Um, you even see a Michael Madigan appearance in, in the last in the last paragraph. and it's like it just got me to thinking as I read this story like man, th- th- that's our core, right? That's our heart is sort of telling that storyline of Chicago clout and how it, how it plays out and how it affects our, our our everyday average Chicagoan. But then we've also got great sports coverage of, of the Cubs and Sox, you know, both being in the playoffs, we've got stories on, on police reform, you know, we've got, we continue to be, you know, Chicago's leading news source for, for COVID-19 coverage. We've got mail-in balloting. Um, You know, we've just got, there's so much in the paper, and it really uh, preparing to 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 for for your grilling this morning, Fran. Um, it really just made me really proud to know that that the paper is going to be in good hands with with Steve, um, you know, in in the in the interim role, and and continuing to do all the things he's done, and establishing the chain of command that that's really, I think, going to set this place up for future success. But I don't think a paper like the one we have today was even remotely possible. Um, four years ago, and our readers stuck with us through it, and now we're delivering them a product uh, that they can be, uh, I think, proud of uh, every morning, whether it's on their doorstep, digitally in their e-paper, or on the web. Um, as for Chicago, I mean, this is our this is our you know for Lori and me, this is our home, and you know we've lived in the suburbs, we've lived in the city. You know, I'll miss uh, I'll miss uh, the lakefront trail when it's when it's not crowded. Um, you know, I spent many, uh, a marathon training session going up and down and, uh, trying to plot my course out as to where the water fountains are and and get 20 miles in. Um, and we're also going to miss just watching the evolution of the city has been pretty amazing, um, to watch, uh, from, from as, 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 you know, when we moved into, when we were at 401 North Wabash and then moved to the apparel mart, really, that was sort of the Western edge of the city as far as development goes. And now we're at this studio in the West Loop. And now this is sort of like the middle where we're at in the West Loop. And and you know, my hope for the city is that everything that we're seeing, um, you know, we've got a we've got a mayor in Lori Lightfoot who who we endorsed heartily at the Sun Times. And I think it was, you know, there there was a sense of hope there. And um, you know, I, I'm hoping that in, in 2021, my wish for Chicago and and for the Sun Times is is that we can continue to report the news, but do it in a way that that allows the city to have some hope. Because uh, Chicago is a tough town; it's going through some tough times, but but it's a great American city, and and it deserves a great American newspaper like the Sun Times, and it deserves to be uh, to to rise from this latest round of ashes as it has so many times before.
0: Chris Fusco, thank you so much for joining us. I wish you the very best of luck, you and Lori. And we will watch with interest the next chapter of your journalism life. But we will miss you greatly.
1: Sounds good, friend. Don't be a stranger. I know you won't be.
0: And we'll see you all next week.